Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. I have a local comedian, Dan Rathman. How you doing, Dan? Doing good. I wanted to kind of bring you on the podcast. We've been talking a lot of lately about uh, following your dreams and, and chasing the, the happiness, uh, pursuit of happiness kind of stuff. And uh, you, when your name brought, got brought up to me, uh, it was it, my buddy's telling me, he's like, hey, I know this guy. He's a local comedian here in town. He used to be a police officer and stuff like that. And I, immediately my ears perked up because I'm into, you know, like uh, crime stories and you know, who doesn't love a good cop story? Right. So I wanted to bring you on and kind of talk about a little bit about what brought you into uh, a, a wanting to be a comedian first of all and then wherever the conversation goes from there we'll get there i mean we could talk about whatever no, no subject is off limits we want to you want to poke fun we can poke fun i know you're a comedian so <laughs> yeah anyway so what what made you want to be a comedian um i don't know i actually i just wanted to be an entertainer actually i uh got into plays and, and theater and stuff into high school right and, uh, my right. theater teacher was like a big big influence uh, she was my like major go getter, you know. She always said, "You can do this. You can do this." Um, I uh, would crack jokes in our theater arts class all the time. I would make jokes out of stuff whenever people would, uh, you know. High school's high school's rough for a lot of people, you know. I wasn't right. I wasn't a big guy. I was, uh, was kind of like a late bloomer per se. Right. Um, but you know, I remember one time I was a I was accused of. Uh, being a drug dealer, you know, and I was at the funny thing is, is that uh, my uncle was a cop and right. his buddies that worked with him were cops. And actually at one point in time, I was living with them when I was being accused of a being a drug dealer. So it, it was kind of weird that I had three cops in the house, but I was a drug dealer. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of, kind of weird how they want to pick the, the guy that's not the cop. And yeah. then look, you live with a bunch of cops. So you got to be up to something. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, was, I figured I just got the good stuff from them, you know, evidence lockers and stuff. But, oh yeah. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> But uh, now one time we were, uh, we always, uh, we did these practice sessions, right, where we just like warmed up, you know, like you're just talking before how now brown cow stuff. Right, right. Um, well, we would do this stuff where it was like physical, physical uh, warm ups. And um, basically what you do, you go around the circle and you'd hand off whatever you made to somebody else. They'd make it into something else and do that. Yeah. Ashley, you've had to do something similar to that. Mm -hmm. When you when you do your team building exercises mm -hmm. at work, you build like little Legos and then they pass it off to the next person. Yeah. So I'm I'm familiar <laughs> with that type of game. It's like an improv uh, uh, character building yes, stuff. That's exactly what it is. So. Yeah. And uh, you know I love doing that stuff. Um, but you know me being who I am and my personality is is I always turn something into a negative into a positive. Yeah, and, uh, I, I actually, since we've known each other for a couple of weeks now, mm -hmm. I've, I've really noticed that about you. You don't really have a whole lot of negative things to say, and you're all about positivity and bringing people up instead of kicking them down, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I try to do that with them. Um, but, you know, uh, what what got me going, like, you know, you're asking about the com comedy side of stuff, is that uh, I wanted to be an actor, but a comedic actor was kind of just my forte, and it just kind of fit naturally. Right. Um, but what I used to do in those things, uh, the first time we ever did it, um, one of the people that was in the, in the class, uh, it was actually a relative of hers or whatever had said I was the drug dealer or whatever. And, uh, I, I was like, okay, here's a chance to make this funny. And someone made a, like an umbrella, handed it off to somebody else. And then somebody made an, a, a ball bat, handed it off to me. I grinded it down, rolled it up and went, passed it to the girl. <laughs> 
<laughs> everybody started cracking up laughing right. and stuff, you know, because they knew the story behind it all. And I just kind of left it at that, you know. So then I took that from 16, 17 years old in life, and I've taken that on into, you know, I'm 37 now. So right. I just kind of kept on doing that with certain things. I've got other other things where I've uh, I've turned, you know, like the sleep cocking story. You know, yeah, yeah. Started, you want to tell that story? That, yeah, I mean, I can. I mean, I started off. So uh, first of all, the name of your your production company is mm-hmm. Sleep Cocking Productions. Yes, yeah. And th- there is a pretty funny story behind it. And yeah. uh, sleep cocking. Yeah. You want to get into that and tell yeah. us what that's all about? Yeah, that's fine. I I uh, I, <laughs> I was we were out drinking one night. You know, just hanging out, friends and stuff. And uh, a, a girl had walked in, and then she had told uh, told. Came up to me. I didn't recognize her or whatever. You know, she looked familiar, but I mean, you're out at a bar. Most people look familiar to you, anyways. You might have seen them somewhere, Walmart. You could have seen them at Target anywhere. Right. right. We, we live. We live in a small area in yeah. the Midwest, so like yeah. you run into people that you may not know, mm-hmm. but I've seen that person somewhere. No. You know. Yeah. Well, she she told me a story after a while. Uh, you know, a few glances back and forth. She came up and told me the story about supposedly a one night stand situation. You know. And uh, said I fell asleep on her and all this other stuff. And then I'm like, whatever. I didn't really believe it all or any of that because, you know, people just talk. And, well, she had told other people that it happened more recently than what she had told me. <laughs> and basically was trying to make it out like I was, like, you know, cheating and stuff like that. Oh. And, and uh, so, again, you know, me wanting to turn a negative into a positive. Uh, buddy was sitting there. We were sitting at the bar and, and talking. And they said, what happened? I, I don't know. I must've been sleep cocking and <laughs> it just kind of stuck. That's, so. and I, t- I I'm going to, I'm going to start using that like yeah. for, for things that I don't remember. I, I must've been sleep cocking. Yeah. You know, it, that, that's pretty, it, you turned that whole situation into such a positive mm-hmm. that you made a production company and named it sleep cocking. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think sleep cocking, sleep cocking without yeah. the, without the G on the end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like sleepwalking, but a funner story. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so back to, you went to high school. Did you go to a small rural school or yeah. did you go to a big school? I'm, I'm originally from Troy, Kansas. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So I graduated so, from Troy with a class of like 36 or something like that. I went to so. school not too far from there. What's now called Riverside. I went to Wathena for yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have a very successful school career there. Mm-hmm. I came back across the river and quit. Mm-hmm. But so you went to high school in a small rural setting, whereas I went to the big inner city school. I went mm-hmm. to Central here in St. Joe, whereas my graduating class would have been over 300. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, a lot of people, like my wife here, she went to a small rural school, and things were a lot different for her in which everybody knows her, mm-hmm. which I could, I was able, easily able to fade into the crowd. Nobody knew me. <laughs> Nobody knew, like, even my friends, my closest yeah. friends, I only had, like, five of them. Nice. So it's not like I knew a whole lot of people to get that kind of reputation as like a drug dealer, but mm-hmm. somehow I still got the reputation. You probably of, do some though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I don't shy away from that. You know, but a big part of the podcast is talking about parenting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now, I'm extremely honest. I use drugs mm-hmm. and I'm honest with my kids about that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I started being honest with my kids about that is so I didn't get busted, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because we all go to school and they have those, you know, we, uh, in the, in the, 
club the other night, they were talking about dare mm-hmm. and how everybody had to do dare. Well, I didn't have to do that, and it mm-hmm. wasn't part of my curriculum. Mm-hmm. But there was all yeah. all kinds yeah, there was all kinds yeah. of different drug programs that yeah. I could join and stuff. But I didn't I didn't get into all that. Mm-hmm. But I knew that those programs existed. So I didn't want my kids going to school and being like, oh, I know what that is. My dad has that all over the house, you know? So (laughs) I was honest with the kids. You get a knock on the door and it's like, oh, drug strike force. Absolutely. (laughs) And it started with my oldest son. Um, He was getting to the age where... I smell something funny, mm-hmm. you know, and he'd come out to where I was and I'd be like, Hey, you can't be out here. Mm-hmm. And instead of, uh, instead of being like, you know, um, do as I say, not as I do type of thing, I explain why. Yeah. And he was old enough at that time where I can be like, look, you know, I'm, I'm using drugs. That's what I'm doing. And I told him what kind of drug I was using. I was smoking pot Yeah. and I told him, Hey, this isn't legal. It's yeah. not okay. But in my opinion, it's no different than really drinking or, or, or anything like that. And I'd explain it to him like, hey, if you go to school and you tell these people that I'm doing these things at home, it's not hurting anyone, yeah. but I'm going to go to jail. Yeah. And so then once it became legal, now, you know, we've got the issue of my 20 year old kid smokes weed now. So <laughs> it's not, not that great, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I'd, I'd be a hypocrite if I told him to stop. Hey, don't do that. Yeah. We can have those hypocritical moments, um, as far as I'm concerned, with, with kids when they're younger. And that's what big reason why I'm honest about it is because, you know, we, we had the discussion, if we're honest, we can't use those things as weapons. Oh, yeah. And I don't want anybody coming to me like, well, you do this, you know, and so that makes you a bad parent. Well, no, I don't, I don't do these things and makes me a bad parent. I do these things and I'm a parent, you know, uh, we're all just people. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not above, you know, uh, anybody, nobody's better than me. I'm not better than anybody else. We may handle things differently, Exactly. but I'm not, right. I'm not, I'm not putting anybody in danger and it's not like I'm sitting in a room full of kids getting everybody high or anything like that. I I partake and it's, it's not anything that causes a problem Mm -hmm. in my life. So I don't really see it as a big deal, but I'm, I'm honest about it. Well, yeah, you, you can't, uh, I, I don't know. I'm a firm believer. Like this, we've got this whole timeout stuff, you know, that, that everybody thinks going to work. And to me, a timeout, I feel like it just prepares them for prison. Yeah. That's, it's (laughs) pretty much, you're exactly right. And grounding and all that stuff. You're not really, so for, for, for us, we use kind of grounding and, Mm -hmm. and we don't use corporal punishment pretty much at all, but, Mm -hmm. um, we use grounding and stuff like that as a last line of defense. We yeah. try to reason with them first because yeah. ultimately our job is to teach them not yeah. to, you know, not to bend them and shape them how we want them to be, but yeah. make them productive citizens and happy. But you got to so. teach them consequences for their, you know, if they do bad actions, they got to have consequences. And Absolutely. That, that's how the real world's going to react to them. You know, that's the way I look at it. Is And guess, I mean, I grew up with, you know, spankings and stuff like that. It took maybe four times of getting a spank and they realize, hey, don't do that. Right. But, absolutely. But uh, I think, honestly, I think the only out of four or five times I was spanked in my life, it might have been my grandfather. You know? <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> I say I got the hell beat out of me when I was a kid. But yeah. and if you ask me, um, even now, I mm-hmm. wasn't abused or anything no. like that. My parents used a heavy hand on me, but mm-hmm. I needed it. You yeah. know, and, and, and if you ask me 
10 years ago, I probably could have used a whole lot more than I got. Yeah. And like we, we do some physical punishments like spankings and stuff, but it's not with, with our, our four-year-old, he's autistic. So it's yeah. not like he understands what he's getting hit for. Yeah. And with our 14 year old, he's, he's bigger than I am. Oh, so right. it's, it's one of those things like, am I doing any good here? Like, yeah. you know, I, I think there's better and easier ways to handle it now. Yeah. And, th- and that's the thing is that's where communication is. You're talking about being honest, you know, yeah. if you talk to your kids and, th- and they feel like they can come to you and be honest, yeah, it makes things a lot easier on the communication side. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I, I had a big problem. I still have a, <laughs> a, a, a big problem with sometimes uh, children lying and mm-hmm. stuff to make themselves look better. And mm-hmm. I, I was telling them, you know, if you're honest, there's a chance where I might even just glance over a lot of stuff because you were honest. Mm-hmm. But if you're dishonest and I find out in a, in a way mm-hmm. that that's not happy, you're, you're going to know there's going to be bigger consequences yeah. because I had to find out that way. Yeah. And uh, I always tell them just because a difficult conversation, um, it, just because it's a difficult conversation doesn't mean it doesn't need to be had. Yeah, definitely. And if, if even if you are afraid of the consequences of coming to me, the consequences of me finding out afterwards is going to yeah. be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you cost me money. Yeah. So, no, um, I get that. But so you grew up in a, in a rural high school, and and you had a lot of benefits to having a, a small social circle. And one of those drawbacks was you got accused of being a drug dealer, and you had some police officers in the house. Mm-hmm. And you, you turned those positives into negatives or negatives and positives. You turn those negatives into positives yeah. and you've always been interested in comedy and making people laugh, and making light of difficult entertainment, situations, yeah, in yeah. entertainment in general. Um, so when you, you were, you're a former police officer. How, when did you get into that? At what age? Um, you know, I, I, I went through the police academy back in 2017. Okay. Um, I've always, I always had interest in that too. Like, yeah. So th- the way I look at it, I think everybody has several dreams that they had in their life. Oh know, yeah. Things that they wanted to do. Um, my top three were law enforcement, uh, acting and entertainment, yeah. or at one point in time, I wanted to be a professional football player. Right. Um, you know, I was athletic. I could run, I could throw, I could do all that, but actually you're still athletic for, you, know, you look great for your age. <laughs> well, by thank the way. you. Thank you. I, uh, I try to stay in shape, but, uh, it's really thing was, I wasn't tall enough to be a quarterback, you know, five yeah. foot eight ish. And <laughs> I couldn't see over the line when they stood up <laughs> tall enough to be a running back though. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, and you know, and, and that's the thing about being a small, small community, you could, you know, you could play several different roles, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I was good enough to throw myself the ball maybe at one point in time, but, uh, <laughs> but not anymore. Um, but you know, that kind of, I, I dropped that one dream. Um, but I always, I've always been into that, uh, into that nature of law enforcement as far as the protector type. And now you got law enforcement in the family. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's only natural. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that have uh, military service members mm-hmm. in their family often follow that direction as well. Which is funny because I always get mistaken for law enforcement or military. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's my build, my look or whatever, but I always keep my hair cut, you know, clean cut and shaved. And You kind of got that cop walk to you. <laughs> That's actually, I think, a birth defect. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it works. I just, uh, I just some type of fusion or something with my spine or something. It's weird. but Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so you actually have a real birth defect then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So it's like a partial fusion or whatever where the vertebrae is sitting uh, partially fused to the pelvis. Yeah. So I kind of have that natural strut. Well, I'm so. going to kind of out our mutual friend here. I didn't know if you knew, but he's got Tourette's syndrome. Oh, nice. And so I was always making fun of him. And I was like, what did you just do a bunch of drugs when you were younger or something? You're always fucking twitchy. And he's like, no, man, I got Tourette's. Mm. And I was like, no, nah, you're full of shit. And he's like, no, dude, I used to get the shit beat out of me because I couldn't sit still when I was younger. And... No, yeah, I've I've totally got Tourette's, and mm-hmm. so if you see him kind of bopping his head back and forth, that's one of his tics, or yeah. you know, beating his leg on the floor. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of funny now. I mm-hmm. like I, I, we make fun of him all the fucking time about it. Yeah. It's it's he's got a great sense of humor about yeah. it, and it, it's it's. <laughs> he's got a good sense of humor for real. All so, the way around, so you've got a cop walk yeah. due to a, a birth defect. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. Th- that strut has been there since. Uh, since I've been able to walk, I think, like, I don't know, I think I might have been in pull-ups and diapers maybe doing it, but... Uh, well, you embrace it well. I, it, it's just, it's just part of me now, so... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, on the on the cop stuff, though, like, like I said, I, I just always was, uh, I felt like, and I've been told multiple times with people, like, when they're around me and stuff, they felt safer and things like that nature, but... Oh, yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's just the way I am, yeah. I guess. I, I don't know what the, what, what it is, but... I embraced it and and went that route. I, I loved I loved being in law enforcement. I hated the politics. Uh, yeah, politics uh, you ran for sheriff uh, back in twenty twenty one, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I I don't remember that, but I did a little bit of I did a little bit of research mm-hmm. before we had we I had you come in today, mm-hmm. and I found you a, a bunch of stuff on Facebook from where you were running from sheriff for sheriff. Yeah, I was running from sheriff. No. Yeah, so. <laughs> you were. <laughs> You were a deputy at the time, right? No, 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 no. See, they they did me pretty dirty, actually. Uh, that I, I'll tell you the story on this, and I and I want it to be public because it it was a bullshit move on their part. Um, they can say whatever they want, they can they can talk about it, but until someone gives me a formal like disciplinary action or anything right. like that, these guys waited till I took a day off to take my family to the zoo down in Kansas City. I get a knock on the door. This is June third. 2018, 1.30 in the morning, I get a knock on my door. They didn't even tell dispatch where they were going or anything. Show up to my doorstep, tell me my services were no longer needed, and I did a no-call, no-show. Really? You, yeah. Mind you, I filled in constantly for people. And uh, they waited till 1.30 in the, the morning yeah, to do this? came, picked up my vehicle, wanted all the equipment back, all this other stuff. And I'm like, for missing a day that I told you guys three weeks in advance to the guy that was scheduling... Right. In scheduling that you put in charge, but now he's not in charge because you don't want him in charge. You know, just just a lot of backdoor stuff. Right. And knowing that county the way I do, I, I absolutely 100 yeah. percent can see all of that happening. Now, now, now to go forward into the sheriff running stuff. Right. OK. I ran for sheriff at that time. My address, because I had moved back over and stayed with my parents, that address, my address was the same as my mother's. Right. Okay? Well, when voting time came. They only showed one vote from that residence. Really? And my mom voted for me, and obviously I voted for myself, so... They didn't count the votes correctly, then. Where'd the votes go? They were only... They were, oh, one, one vote per household yeah. now? Or yeah. is it one vote per voter? Yeah, so, you know, and then it come down to it, I had more signs out than it showed I had votes. 
And that wasn't that wasn't <laughs> even that long ago. That's the craziest. Yeah. But 2021, when you think of 2021, mm-hmm. Rocket was just a little baby, yeah. but he was still mm-hmm. here. And now he's, you know, I mean, he's almost what, like three and a half, four mm-hmm. feet tall now. So, yeah. I mean, you, you think about 2021, that wasn't even that long ago. And in the current state of uh, big politics mm-hmm. on the on the national level, oh, yeah. we're dealing with a lot of corrupt bullshit. Yeah. So I absolutely one hundred percent believe corruptions it. corruptions from the the local all the way up. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous how that stuff works. And and I was thinking I was going to run again this year. I yeah. was really going to do it, but you know, it cost me it cost me about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars to do everything. You know, with your registration fees to run for sheriff, right. all the signs I bought, my signs got stolen out of people's yards and that all that is is just petty small town politics my signs got stolen out of yards and replaced and replaced with other uh with with the current sheriff's uh i'm pretty sure that's illegal i'm pretty sure it is too but you know like i said i uh i don't uh, i don't really care they know i don't care about them they know that uh i will say what i want to say when i say absolutely Um, and you hold all the power to that now so once, once you were talking about at your last show, mm-hmm. um, of course our, our audience doesn't know, but you mm-hmm. were talking about censorship yeah. and self-censoring. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to do quite a bit on this show actually is self-censoring because Ashley has a professional job mm-hmm. and we don't want to interfere with yeah. that job. We don't want to interfere with her ability to move forward and her i just rather not have her on the show if that's going to happen yeah so if anybody out there is listening to this i'll kick her off the damn show i don't care no <laughs> so but we do but my words and your words should not get her in trouble that's absolutely the way I look at it so. absolutely and i'm gonna we want to put up like a disclaimer eventually like yeah. but we've i think we've only got like on youtube we've got 900 views so it's yeah. not like it's it's yeah. It's coming along, but we've only been doing it for like two months. I, I'm so, trying to get my views up, but I think my my name is kind of throwing people off. They probably think it's some type of porn site or something. But yeah, well, <laughs> so, I think it may be the two ends. So, it may be the two ends. On oh, that. I'm talking about uh, it's it's up as sleep cocking. Oh, what it okay, is. So, okay. I'm just wondering if people are like looking at it like, oh, that's dirty. So I don't know. I think I think so, that might get you more clicks if they I thought. I don't know because <laughs> porn's a big business, you know, multi billion dollars. <laughs> Um, sleep cock and one for that only fans, right? Sleep cock and one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really a, a shout out to your only fans? No, no, I no, was going to say, I don't if, have an only fan. If, if, if we're shouting out only fans, we'll, yeah. we'll give out some, uh, some links on there too. I, I don't have one. I, I but have we'll, one. we'll link your production company if you don't mind yeah, that's in, fine. in the description. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and as as well, we can can we link your Facebook page? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. And we got some upcoming shows too. So, uh, this Thursday, We'll be back at Unplugged doing the uh, doing uh, the open mic night. Okay, but, I mean, this this is gonna actually we're gonna save this until Friday okay. and kind of give Ashley a little bit of time to because mm-hmm. who knows what's that? Is it every Thursday? It's it's the Just first the three first three. Thursdays of the month. Yeah, and, and that's every month. Every month, yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, come on down to Unplugged in St. Joe and show your support for Dan here. And and also, he's Adam got a couple. A, yeah, Adam and Brady. You got a couple opening uh, opening um, guys that see Adam. He is uh, a younger guy. Yeah. And uh, he's just starting out doing the open mics and stuff like that. And you guys got some upcoming gigs together. You, yep. All three of you guys are working yep. together. Uh, Adam and, Brown, Brady Willis, yep. Absolutely. And yep. it's you're starting to get things going. Yep. You were telling me last week that you, you got a couple big gigs coming up. Yep. You want to talk about those? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, 
uh, we've got another local uh, show that we're doing uh, that might turn into something more uh, more frequent on Friday nights. Okay. Um, it'll be it might turn into some more open mic nights, um, but we're doing a show the twenty third down at the Den here in town. Yeah. Downtown St. Joseph, Missouri. We're doing that, um, and then Saturday. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big week this week. We're gonna have three back to back performances. That's uh, awesome. Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday we go up to Maryville to the pub. Yeah. And where we open up, uh, myself, uh, Brady Willis, Adam Brown, we're all three openers for uh, a guy named Chris Covey. Chris Covey, isn't he the YouTube guy? Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's YouTube or not, but he's 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 worked with a few bigger social bigger, media type bigger names, uh, bigger name comedians, more well known comedians. Like, okay. I believe he's worked with like Larry the Cable Guy. And oh some no, other kidding. People. Um, David Spade, I think he's worked with him. Really? And so. I like David Spade. He's got Me his too. own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, so I'm excited to do that. I always get excited to work with people that have been doing it because uh, I'm one of those people. I'm a people watcher. So Absolutely. Uh, and I think it's probably the background's not profiling, but, you know, being in law enforcement. But uh, just watching people and stuff. But I like to, to learn from some people that have been doing it and then seeing some success in it. Right. You know, I just started doing this stuff. I uh, the comedy side of things, which, you know, going, going back to that first question you asked, like what made me really get into it? Yeah. Um, well, what made me kick myself into gear this last year and push this comedy stuff was, uh, that theater teacher I told you about, right? Yeah. Um, name was Mrs. Rocky. Mrs. Rocky. Okay. Um, she passed away. And the last conversation I had with that, that woman was, uh, we were just, I was actually doing security <laughs> and I ran into her. It was out here at the East Hills Mall. And uh, I ran into her, and we just were talking, and she said, I thought you'd be in Hollywood by now. Oh. And, and that was years ago, and I hadn't really talked to her too much until I found out she passed. And uh, she was a she was a big, big rock in my life when it came to that stuff and Absolutely. entertainment and one of my biggest believers, you know, outside of family and friends. Uh, she always believed in me, so I so kind of pushed that in. Did you have like a, a moment where you you, th you were thinking, man, that lady had a lot of belief in me? Yeah, more than and, myself. I mean, and and did that did that be did that, did that push you to have more belief in yourself? Yeah, yeah, I, it, it it pushed it in high gear. And you know, Brady Brady said, you know, when I was up on stage, he said, "Your hustle, man." He's like, "Your it's I love your hustle. It's just out there." Absolutely. And uh, it's it's not just for me. You know what I mean? This is a uh, this is something I got to prove that you know what she was right. Absolutely, so. and I I'd, I'd love I uh, you're you were uh, hosting the open mic night, so you weren't really putting on a show, mm -hmm. but you were funny. I I loved I loved interacting with you and the way you interacted with the crowd and everything. Mm -hmm. It was great, and I I have no doubt in my mind that you're gonna you're gonna be there. You're gonna get there. It might take a little while mm -hmm. to because this. Is a, I mean, you know where we're at, St. Yeah. Joseph, Missouri. This is a hole, man, mm -hmm. and you gotta scratch and climb and claw your way out. And uh, it's 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 like I don't want to compare it to like St. Louis or no. Kansas City or anything because we are way smaller than those places. But it's because we're smaller th than those places. A lot of talent gets mm -hmm. trapped here, mm -hmm. and uh, and and to avoid some of that stuff, we've got YouTube now. We've mm -hmm. got podcasts and stuff like that. And I'd love for you to like you were talking about making your own channel, and you mm -hmm. got. Do you have? Does Sleep Cocken has his own? Yeah, YouTube? it has his own channel on YouTube. Yeah. So let's let's link also his YouTube channel in the description, mm -hmm. and 
eventually, I, hey, you got those uh, videos of you being up on, on stage. Yeah, I've, I haven't posted every one of them yet. I've got a post from the uh, last couple of shows that I haven't put up yet. Right. Um, I do have my TikTok, which it's also called that sleep cocking. And, and um, you're on TikTok as well. Yeah. So you can go ahead and link his TikTok. Give give all his socials a link in there. <laughs> it was like the cops are going to beat on my door now. Oh, <laughs> so. no. No. All the, all the, uh, we, we don't do anything illegal here. Um, I think that the, the worst thing I've, I've done recently is, uh, I, I was speeding down the road and ran a red light probably. Right. You know? So it happens. No reason for cops to come banging on the door. Right. Um, I saw a bunch of bikers doing that today on my way here. So, yeah. 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 It's nice outside. So everybody's out flying around on their crotch rockets. Oh uh, yeah. And it's, it's craziness. nothing to see I, it, the, the traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the traffic crime in this city has gotten a lot worse over the last five, six years. I don't know what it's, a lot of people aren't even licensed in their vehicles anymore. It's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. We were just talking about that not too long ago. Yeah. But uh, back to the, the comedy thing mm-hmm. and, and wanting to get in there. So you had that, that kind of come to Jesus moment with yourself where you, you said, yeah. all right, it's time, Dan, you need to get in here and do this. Yeah. And bro i tell you what that's following your dreams that's mm-hmm. pursuing your happiness you knew that hey i'm not really really happy doing all this stuff there's something missing yeah and so you wanted to honor your teacher by going after it and chasing that dream yeah. and uh, i don't i don't know you all that well damn but i'm proud of you thank you i'm proud of everything that you've done so far to get yourself to this point mm-hmm. and i'm also proud of that hustle because I'm trying to make that hustle myself. <laughs> and I feel like in the last few years, we've kind of brought that hustle to this point. Mm-hmm. And we we haven't always been like that. Mm-hmm. We've always, we used to be the kind of people where we just go to work and just yeah. slog it out just to bring home that paycheck yeah. and not, not do anything other than just pay our bills. We didn't, we didn't really chase our dreams and everything. Just caught in that cog wheel, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got yeah. And so when Ashley here, uh, mm-hmm. I got fired from a job in uh, 2014 or 2013. Mm-hmm. And so Ashley decided she wanted to go chase her dreams and go back to school. Mm-hmm. And it took a while because uh, she had to work full time as well as go to school full time. And she's like, you know, I have to do this. I have to do it for me. I have to do it for my family. And she went and got it done. And I'm really proud of her. Mm -hmm. And then when I started this whole thing, I I didn't know where to begin, first of all. And I didn't know why I wanted to do it per se, Mm -hmm. other than, hey, these guys are doing it. I think I could be good at it. But then the longer I thought on it, I always wanted to be like in broadcast journalism when I was a kid. Yeah. And then that's, we were talking about those dreams that everybody has. And I don't think that being a broadcast journalist was like a first dream. I think law enforcement was a dream for me at first. And until, so I I got a domestic violence conviction Mm -hmm. in 06. And so that kind of ruined all my chances of being in law enforcement because domestic violence, you, um, you forfeit your right to have a firearm. Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't be a cop cause I couldn't operate a firearm. Yeah. I could be like a traffic cop or something to carry around a, bo- a baton or something. Yeah. But, but anyway, so that, that kind of limited me as I got older, yeah. but I remember watching Siskel and Ebert when I was a kid Yeah. 
and they did movie reviews mm -hmm. and they were both old yeah. when I was a kid, but I still watched him religiously. Every time that Siskel and Ebert was on once a week doing all the movie reviews mm -hmm. and for some silly ass reason, I valued their opinion. <laughs> and so I wanted to get into broadcast journalism and I, I, as I was thinking about podcasting, I remembered all these things and they kept coming up and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go after it. Mm -hmm. And there's been so many times where I've wanted to quit yeah. and just throw in the towels. Matter of fact, I was talking about it. Was it this morning or last night? It was this morning. I was like, man, I don't know why I keep going. I don't yeah. know. You know, I'm, I'm frustrated. And, and Ashley's like, you know, I don't know what the hell your problem is. Everything's doing great. <laughs> and my brother said the same thing yesterday. Yeah. He's like, everything's going great. I don't know what the hell you're freaking out about. Yeah. And it's you just like, a great setup here. For thank real. you. I mean, it's cool. I thank like you. It. It's so this, uh, this all, my brother built this for me it's pretty cool. and we talked about that in the last podcast. And I think I'm going to release his after yours. Mm -hmm. So everybody will have a chance to hear this first. Oh yeah. Cool. But that. he, yeah. he talked about, we talked about him building my set things being made in America, how I'm tired of mm -hmm. buying junk. Yeah. I could have bought all this stuff from a store yeah. and paid $5,000. Yeah. But for $300, he built this entire set and the TV was a couple hundred bucks, you know? And so the table was less than the TV. Yeah. None of this stuff was very, very expensive, Yeah. but it, it, it was just the, the hurry up and wait aspect because I'm a family guy yeah. and I couldn't throw like all of this all in together. We're probably 10 grand into it. Yeah. And I, I couldn't that. microphones and stuff are pretty expensive. Too, yeah, well, so, these yeah. ones actually weren't too bad. They're only a hundred bucks a piece. That's not too bad. Um, but they're lower quality yeah. and the actual lower, lower quality works better for me now because they don't pick up the mm -hmm. low ground noise and oh, nice. they, they filter out a lot of the noise. Yeah. And so none of it's really expensive, but all, all in with logos and lawyer fees, LLC fees, all that good stuff. Yeah. We're about $10,000 in mm -hmm. and getting all that stuff together as a family, man, we don't have any money coming in. It's difficult. Oh so yeah, definitely. I understand that. Totally. I had to piece it all together and I bought the mics in 2022 oh, nice. and we just started in December 23. Oh, there you so, go. It took me a while to build it all up and everything, but I'm going after it. And yeah. every day that I feel like quitting, it's just, I think back to those that, that believe in me. You got to find that drive somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. and, and my wife, my wife believes in me. My brother yeah. believes in me. Um, I've got a couple fans that watch the show religiously. They yeah. believe in me. And so I, I'm going to put it, keep putting in this product, keep putting in this work yeah. and see where it takes me. I'm going to follow that dream. And that's essentially what you're doing with your comedy. Oh yeah. yeah. And law enforcement was just a small part of, of your life. And you'll find that the longer that you go, you'll be doing this longer than you were in that, oh, you yeah. know? So I've almost been doing this longer than that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. So I, I, I know a lot of comedians, uh, I don't know a lot of comedians, but I've seen, I heard a lot of comedian stories mm -hmm. where they're just now taken off in like their forties. Yeah. And you know, when asked, they're like, how long have you been doing comedy? Well, I've been doing comedy for like 15 years, you know, oh, yeah. I just took off and, and I, I think with the digit, the way digital things are nowadays, I don't think it takes near as long these days. Well, you got to think like, uh, some of these guys that were doing it, you know, like take Matt Rife who's blown up recently. Yeah, he's blown up recently, but he was on Wild and Out for 
I don't know how long at age like 19. No kidding. I didn't know that. And it, and then as, as soon as everything happened with COVID and all this other stuff and everybody started going to digital stuff, yeah. TikTok was a big deal. Absolutely. You know, that's where he started blowing up, you know, but he was, I mean, I think he had a good seven to 10 years that he was trying to work on, you know, getting himself to that status. And now he's just blown up. Absolutely. Um, Shane Gillis, you know, absolutely love his comedy. I do too. He's, he's hilarious. Um, Saturday Night Live fired him. You know, yeah, and look I, at him. He's probably gonna end up posting that show sometime. Right, so. right. Now, now I, I, he's got this joke that really resonates with me because I'm in my mid to late thirties. Actually, yeah. late thirties. I'm thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am thirty eight. Right, I'll be thirty nine this year. So I'm, I'm 38, mm-hmm. and so the, what he said was, "Did you have to ask her what, how old you are?" Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That was yeah, yeah. That's funny. Well, we've been we've been married since uh, 2014, but we've been together since mm-hmm. I was six. So we've been together for a long time. And so sometimes I forget how old I am. Yeah, I was 21 when we got together. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But anyway, um, where was I? Oh yeah, yeah. Shane, Shane, Shane Shane Gillis's joke. Yeah. So I I'm in my late 30s, and what he said really resonated with me because he said he's uh, he's caught the early onset Republican. Yeah, and I I saw that joke I and that. I, <laughs> I was like, man, I have been watching a lot of World War II documentaries, you know, me and <laughs> paying attention to geopolitics and shit. Yeah. And it's the crazy thing about that whole deal is it's happening again. Yeah. I think I, I've told my wife numerous times, I think World War III started. I, I think our history books will tell us World War III started in 2023. Mm-hmm. I believe that because the precursor to World War One and World War Two are exactly the same as what they are right now. Pretty wild stuff. Destabilizing global tensions in the Middle East, mm-hmm. destabilizing global tensions in Europe. Yep. Right now, there's the biggest uh, the biggest war that has ever been on European soil since World War Two, mm-hmm. and it's Russia and Ukraine. A yep. little little bit of Ukraine, the size of uh, uh, I don't know. We could, we could compare it to the, like the size of Missouri, a little yeah. bit of Ukraine and big ass Russia is having trouble with them. Somebody's getting some money over there though. I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. Somebody <laughs> is. It ain't us. Yeah. We, my brother and I were just talking about that because yeah. made in America infrastructure is a big part of that. And that's yeah. what he does is he locates utilities. Yeah. And I, I was in a utility underground utility construction for a long time. I worked for mm-hmm. MCON in Wathena. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, Tyler and those guys, these guys are cool. So. Yeah, they, they are a good group of guys, but I tell you what, man, for, for as laid back as that guy is, I mean, if you ever see him on the, on the street or whatever, he's got the biggest smile on yep. his face. I've seen him mattered in a hornet. <laughs> I've, I've, I've pissed that guy off so bad. He couldn't see straight. Yeah. I'm guarantee it. <laughs> and I've, I've seen him. I've like, I threw a snake at him one time. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen him run so fast in my life. I bet. <laughs> but uh so yeah we know a lot of the same people as yeah. a matter of fact like you grew up in troy and mm-hmm. and 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 i didn't spend a whole lot of time there but your age group is like more like my age group as yeah. well so um a lot of my family members you probably know mm-hmm. and uh we might get off uh, get it get off we might get into that yeah, off I air didn't come or on the show for that <laughs> <laughs> i ain't not been breathing hard yet <laughs> it's a different different show <laughs> <Sad>. um <laughs> 
So it, anyway, like back to the the following the dreams and wanting to be a oh. comedian and everything. And how long have you been doing the comedian thing? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, we're talking about social media being a big factor. Yeah. I uh, I literally started this up. Uh, I think our my first show was last May. Yeah. Um, and I just I made a Facebook post. I said, you know, I'm looking and to- you're already <laughs> to where you are. Not even a year, huh? Yeah. Wow. I uh, I made a Facebook post saying I wanted to put together a show and advertised it. And uh, next thing I know, uh, Rendezvous and uh, Keith Dudley. Yeah. Which yeah. he's ex-law enforcement himself. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was St. Joe PD for, I think, 19, 20 years. Wow. Um, wow. Good good dude. Absolutely love Keith. He's a good friend, um, which I miss their... they. They're moving locations now. They just moved from their Felix Street uh, location. Is uh, he is he retired? No longer an officer. Yeah, he's no longer in the law enforcement. He's just uh, running the bar and stuff. And they do realty. Him and his wife and stuff. They're good people. Good down 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 to earth people. I, I might want to have him on the podcast talk you, about you some of the crazy shit that happens in this town. <laughs> Keith would probably be a lot better with uh, the stories than I would because uh, he law was a police officer here. I yeah. mean, it's gotten a lot yeah. worse in the last few years, but it's mm-hmm. still the same old town Keith, I grew up. Keith in. would definitely have a, a lot more. I've got some. Uh, some like Reno 911 stories type stuff uh, just from where I was from. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I wanted to get into a little bit of that too because you, you started to tell me about your first bust and I was like, hold on, hold on, wait and wait for the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were talking about I wanted to talk to police officers. Uh, everybody wants to talk about the big busts. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to talk about, you know, hey, did you shoot anybody? Mm-hmm. Do you ever do you ever discharge your service? I don't care about all that. That's yeah. those are stories that not even you guys care about. I only this, drew my gun once and I knew the guy. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> and well so, you, where you were, you probably knew a lot of people yeah. that you, you had to deal exactly. with on a daily basis. I mean the, the county of Donovan was eighty five hundred think total wow so i didn't realize it was that small yeah it's less than ten thousand. i think is what it is um but you know everybody knows everybody right at some point in time you might get a stranger but a lot of times you're you're rolling through there you're gonna everybody's gonna know who you are you're gonna know who they are um my first bust i didn't know who the person was it it was kind of weird but she was uh, batshit crazy um (laughs) and (laughs) What 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 made it a great a great she's story? She's batshit crazy. I'm from over there. I guarantee you, I know her. No, no, I don't think she was originally from there, um, but she had basically pushed her elderly mother out of a vehicle and took off in her vehicle, and uh, blew the engine in the vehicle and and parked it and basically in in a farmer's field, and wow. uh, ran up the back of uh, this farmer's flatbed truck and stood on the roof and was screaming some i don't know what she was screaming he wow. was like what the hell's going on here because he's the one that called and said hey there's this crazy lady out here right and then and, uh, and up until just a couple of years ago you didn't see that over there no 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 and uh we thought we thought maybe it was drugs involved or whatever but uh apparently not um but anyways she <laughs> she runs out and you know it's full full field it's all grown you know corn and all that it's grown up so you can't see it once they're in the field right and uh <laughs> she she took off into the field as we're pulling up and then we're like i the guy that i'm with my, my partner at the time that we kind of rode together because i was still kind of in training you know right like, uh which training over there was uh here's the keys don't get in trouble um, <laughs> 
but uh, <laughs> I could see so it. She, uh, they she don't pay us the, enough to train you. Oh man, no, I, I I think whenever I left, I was paid less than fourteen dollars an hour once a month. Yeah, they, but, they uh, make a little bit more than that now, but yeah, it's not much. I think it went to sixteen or something. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and what and this economy is not good. But uh, and they're still assholes. Like they're yeah. like I run into so many Donovan County pricks that <laughs> think they're better than me, <laughs> and I'm like. Bro, like, do you not understand, like, I don't even have to work to earn the amount of money that you're making right now. Yeah. I could sit on my ass on my couch yep. and earn your paycheck, and you're going to treat me like you're better than me? No. It's, it's a it's a thing with uh, – some people need a badge to uh, to feel relevant. Yeah, yeah and I, mean, I, I don't run into that very often. I never, I never – I never thought that – Oh, I got a badge. It just makes me who, I mean, I was a man without it. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. That's why I always looked at it. It's like, I'm the same guy with or without the badge. Yeah. I yeah. have a job to do, but at the same time, like I didn't want to harass people or feel like I'm harassing people because some of them, that's what they do. But, uh, on the story though, <laughs> it, it's very comical because she ran into the field. All right. And he drops me off. So I'm, I'm down at this section waiting to see if maybe she comes out at this other end. Cause if she goes, she can't cross the field. This is quite a bit of land, right? Right. So I'm waiting down at this end. He goes up to the top, and she comes out of the field to him. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like a off signs or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, when she comes children out, in the corn yeah, type Yeah, children of in the corn. Yeah, it's like, and she comes out of the cornfield, but she came out butt naked. Like, no clothes on wow. at all. And no, it was not a sight you want to see. Not a sight, okay. Not, not a sight you want to see. I still have PTSD from it. <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> and I still can't. And it was crazy. But she comes out and she goes to him. She goes, you can't arrest me. I'm naked. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not exactly how it works because I think everybody would try that. Right. Anyway, so she's, you know, wild and crazy. Put, he handcuffs her, puts her in the back seat. We throw a blanket over her, obviously. So we're trying to keep her. Right, covered, covered. We don't know where her clothes are. She threw them out in the field somewhere when she took them and, off. And not only that, but like a safety yeah, issue. Yeah, for a safety issue. Well, I still had to ride on one side of the, the truck because it was like a SUV type thing. Right. So I had to ride in the back, right on one side, and she's on the other. Well, my asshole friend who's driving is fucking taking corners and trying to make her slide <laughs> into me and stuff. I'm like, dude, this is disgusting. Like, just the craziest shit. <laughs> and anyways, we get there, but... Uh, you know, you like to drink coffee. Obviously, yep. your your stuff is that. Yeah, today I'm not drinking coffee because it's that. like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So. I, that's why I didn't want anything. But, again, like I told you, I, I chugged an energy drink before I got here because I was zoned out with that new migraine medicine I'm on. Oh, yeah. But, uh, anyways, long story short, I, I started looking, thinking. I was like, every time I see this picture of this girl and uh, – you ever you ever watch the Men in Black movies? Yeah, you know those bugs that are drinking coffee. Absolutely, that's what she looked like. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it, was like, that's, it was like the worst. Now thing. I've now so, I've got yeah. the picture in my <laughs> so that's head. That's what I'm saying. So you see, it's somebody with that type of body build, right. like a bug off of Men in Black. I can't even watch the movie no more. <laughs> it's like it's PTSD for me. But uh, you that was, ruined it. It was my first ever bust, and she couldn't stand trial because she was crazy. That's so, well, I mean. And I guess that was a win for everybody. You got a great story out of it, and she didn't go to jail. Well, and here's the thing. Later, I still had to, like, transfer her to go get her psych evaluation. So, <laughs> so you did run into her again. And yeah. She, I mean, she was clothed this time. 
but it was it was pretty See, that's wild the time. kind of stuff that i'm interested in talking yeah. to cops about not yeah. the stuff that they you know not the the big busts or what mm -hmm. made their career or yeah. whatever like first of all you know mm -hmm. how'd you get into law enforcement those type of things mm -hmm. and also what do you and your cop friends talk about when yeah. nobody else is around yeah. like what are the things that police find funny like um, for instance, like the, my best friend, one of my best friends is, uh, mm -hmm. my sister's husband. He's a former police officer. He tells me the story about, I, I, and we were talking about how I wanted to talk about stories yeah. that police officers enjoy. And he's like, well, hell I got a bunch of those stories. Mm -hmm. He's like this one time he's telling me about, uh, he was telling me, and we'll get into this when I have him on the show, but he was telling me about how he, there was one time he just shit his pants. <laughs> he went out on a call and he shit his pants. Oh. That is the stuff that police officers find funny, yeah. especially ones that have been on the job for a long time. They don't remember the bus. They don't mm -hmm. remember the people they come across. What yeah. they do remember is their brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah. And so those are some of the stories I wanted to get into. And that's that's a funny one for a first day out on the job, first yeah. arrest. Yeah, it was my first time being on a real patrol like, yeah. like that. And then, you know, I had another one, too, where we had to, we had to run a, a drunk driver off the road. You know, no kidding. We had to run him off the road because he was actually swerving in and out of the traffic. We had to chase him down, and he fell asleep at the wheel. Wow. Uh, but uh, that that one was a little bit more serious because I literally had to get over into oncoming traffic. Right. So he couldn't hit oncoming traffic, and I had my lights and stuff going and trying to get people off the road. Oh, was this on that U.S. highway over there? Yeah, 36 highway. Yeah. So that the, the, the highway that he's talking about mm -hmm. is, a, is a major west, U.S. Yeah. highway, all that runs this whole length of Kansas into, into Colorado. I think it's the longest stretch of highway, one of the longest stretch of highways in the country. Yeah, it really. So, because it, I think impressive. it goes all the way to Colorado line, I believe. Yeah, so yeah it, it does. Yeah. yeah. So. That's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, so it's a U.S. highway that you were on. And, and I, I know a lot of spaces uh, is only two lane yeah. in between where you were and, and here. It's mm -hmm. a lot of two lane. Yeah. And so uh, you were weaving in and out of traffic to, to mm -hmm. try to get this guy mm -hmm. to not hurt or kill yeah. someone else. Yeah. And... That's that's got to be pretty pretty scary and nerve wracking. The the adrenaline you get off of that type of uh, you know that type of driving is, is just far down. I, I would I would probably relate it to any other high that you would probably get. Like, oh you know, yeah. Like an upper. Oh yeah. Um, I don't. I've never really done drugs. You know, um, my myself. Uh, I've never been a, a big drug user. Right. Uh, it's never been my thing. I don't. I don't even really like to take a pill for. You know, like I said, they put me on these migraine medica medications. I'm I know like, a lot of people that. like that. My old so. lady's like that. <laughs> I just don't really like to take it. If I don't, if I don't have to take it, I don't take it. Right. Um, but whereas I take them sometimes, not Tylenol, <laughs> but sometimes I take pills recreationally. You know, like so. One thing I do is like I, I do this like for, with my pain medication. Yeah, you go to the dentist to have a teeth pulled. They'll give you like five six, yeah. you know, painkillers or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't take those when my tooth is hurting. Cause in my experience, painkillers just make my teeth, tooth pain worse. Yeah. So I save them for when I'm reaction. not in pain Yeah. and <laughs> I take them recreationally, yeah. but it's, it's, it's not, you know, just take one here and then just feel loopy for a little bit and then be done with it. But it's not, I don't have a huge pill problem or anything like that. You know, I'm a jack of all trades. So, uh, you know, like I wasn't just law enforcement. I've sold cars. I've, I've done everything, you know, and, um, you do funny thing is you talk about that. And, uh, I actually, you know, with my lower back having that fusion that we talked about in the beginning of this, yeah. um, 
I was in pain, you know, walking on the concrete. And back then, you couldn't wear, like, tennis shoes and stuff right. to sell cars. You had to wear, like, tie and dress Absolutely. shirt and dress shoes. Dress shoes that really You know, we got there wingtips and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it wasn't wingtips, but they were dress shoes. And uh, it hurts your back a lot, you know, yeah. you're out there. And uh, one time I was, uh, I took a, a lower tab and, and I was at work. Um, I just had to have one for for the pain yeah the and, back getting to you so bad that like i i know the feel i got yeah. a bad back myself so. and you don't you don't actually uh, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because for me it takes a lot like i don't know what it is like i been to drill tylenol pm none of that stuff really knocks me out lower tabs didn't knock me out like a lot of people that would put them to sleep right right didn't put me to sleep but it made me like really really fluent right i don't know what was going on but that day i knocked out like four and a half car deals like, that's awesome. Like uh, I was getting close to setting a record. <laughs> that's awesome. Because so, I just went through and I just I would be like walking one way. I bring somebody back, sell them a car. Go back this way, go back, sell right. somebody a car. And my boss even came up. He's like, hey, what, "What are you doing, man?" I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> selling cars." Yeah, so, I'm I, grabbing I'm, people off the street. I'm getting just, shit done. Yeah. Leave me alone. Like you want you want to sell some cars or do you want to just stand here and bother me all day? Oh, they were happy with me. They were very happy with me. I uh, made them. A, I made that uh, dealership a lot of money that day. So that's awesome. But, uh, it's probably, a, this turning a negative into a positive yeah. right there. Your back was hurting like hell. So you <laughs> popped a pill and sold five cars. Yeah. yeah. I only, I didn't get the five car deals because I had to split a deal because I was too busy working on one, two, two deals at Yeah. A time. You had two deals going on. So I had to once, split a so. deal with somebody else, but technically yeah, it would you have been hate five to years. have those yeah. customers sitting yeah. while you're trying to work out this other yeah. deal. And then especially if they see you doing yeah. it, that's, that's yeah. kind of rough. And I, we had that issue like when mm-hmm. we were buying a car back in 2012 Mm -hmm. the guy that we were buying from was a dumbass i mean he didn't know anything about cars (laughs) and i kind of knew what i wanted when i went in there i i told my wife i say pick out what you want we'll get it yeah and she picked out a car that i didn't like Mm -hmm. but it was her car so and then it turned out i actually loved the car later on yeah but uh we picked it out he sold it to us and as he's selling it to us because he's such an idiot he's Mm -hmm. having to go to his boss yeah and have the boss do everything, bring it back. So he's just basically a go-between. And I was like, why don't you go get that guy and just bring him to me? We'll deal with him directly. I absolutely loved uh, that. That was the funnest thing about car sales is like they always had challenges for us. Yeah. And I was like always one of those guys that like win the challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said. I turn- mean, that just generally breaks up the monotony of work anyway. Oh, yeah. But like if, it, if, if you make it fun, yeah. you know, it takes it takes you go into work not dreading your job you're oh, like yeah. today i'm gonna sell some cars well I, it, it was funny i used to wear this uh stocking cap all the time you know kind of like i have my signature hat yeah you know the boston scallies yeah i did i, I, I showed up i i texted him yesterday and mm-hmm. i was told him about the the cap company and he's like hey man that's that's where i get my caps yeah that's where i get it at. I'm, I'm gonna be ordering more i'm i'm hoping they give me some type of sponsorship in the future i saw but, one <laughs> i saw one with the 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 bottom of the bill was mm-hmm. instead of black with it was black. red yeah and and it was the rocky rocky marciano i yeah, thought that was that's really my next neat. one this one's uh this one was uh it's like the uh, the scrapper one yeah yeah so uh that one i wanted to get it next that's that's probably gonna be my go-to because I, I like red yeah um, I, I don't know what it, i think I, I probably look better in red yeah my favorite color blue. is blue yeah i mean i love blue too i mean my Graduating high school, we were the Troy Trojans. We were blue. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue. Or a condom. We don't know. But <laughs> um, <laughs> so we we did all that. But, uh, you know, going back to the car sales, I got stories for that, too. Uh, you know, those challenges. Uh, I didn't find out until later. I'd started with a group of guys, right? 
And uh, we, we've been there for about a good three months. And I guess there was a deal that if you got somebody to lick a window on a car deal, then, yeah. then the manager would buy you lunch. Right. I didn't know about this at the beginning. No one told me this. Right. I don't know if I just didn't listen or whatever because I'd sold cars before and I just right. kind of got in there, did my own thing. But I sold cars on honesty, you know. You know, we talk about being the honest part with kids and everything else. I never told anybody stuff in car sales like, oh, this car is this or that when it wasn't. Sometimes right. I get in the car, I didn't know about it. I'm like, we're going to learn this car together. Absolutely. You know? And that that is sales, man. Yeah. That's how you get them on your side. I, so, I would have been your best customer. I would have been like... I like this guy. Give him all the commission. <laughs> so what I did one time is that someone came in to buy a vehicle, and I found out about this, and I'm like, bet, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I use the kid term, bet, yeah. um, so, which is weird. Well, I know we'll what get you into mean. that here in a little yeah. bit. We'll get into that here in a little bit because some of that stuff's so stupid. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I was like, all right, cool. So this person showed up, and uh, I pulled up a car and stuff. We took it for a test drive, and, you know, there's always that question of, what what would it take for you to buy this car today or drive this home today? You know, right. you like this car, you start getting taking that ownership, you start giving everybody the ownership on the sales side because that's what they teach you how to sell. Right, is you start saying, uh, you're gonna drive this home today. You're gonna get them on yes questions. You're gonna get them doing this and this and this because when someone gets in the habit of saying yes, they're gonna say yes to the deal. Right, right. right. So I was just honest with them. I just straight up told them I was like, uh, you know, it, it, what would you? It, would you uh, show your loyalty to me and buying this car today? I said, uh, we, my, my boss said that if, uh, if, if you lick the window, he'll buy me lunch. I said, you want to, you want to see me eat today, right? They licked the window. That's great. So, I mean, it, just, it was just straight up like that. I guess I'm everybody a, would have been trying. I'm that guy, aren't I? So, anyways, they didn't even buy that car. <laughs> so, but they bought a car. They actually switched them from like a Suzuki to like an a, a Escape or something. But that's, they a, the, that's what we bought in 2012. We yeah. will have that Escape. Yeah, they, they bought a, they, she licked the window, the, the, the girl did at the time. She licked the window on a Suzuki car, like all-wheel drive, but ended up leaving in an escape. Still got a deal out of it, and I got lunch. So, Hell yeah. But I always loved those challenges because it was it made the day funner because in car sales, you're there, you almost live there. You right. Know? Yeah, as much as you work as a law enforcement officer, uh, car sales, you could be there on your day off because someone couldn't make it the other day, so you had to make a schedule to come in and do it. You know, say you're off on a Wednesday, that's the only time they can make it. Guess what? You're going in to make a deal happen because right. you have goals to meet. You have to do that because obviously you're not there to just make your salary. Because a lot of a lot of car yeah, it's it's a crap salary yeah. and work on commission. And a lot of the time, it's less than your salary is usually less than uh, forty grand a year. And which, if you're a decent car salesman, mm-hmm. you can make bank as a car salesman. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. especially at these new dealerships where yep. they have the big mega dealerships mm-hmm. where they have 25 trucks sitting out front, you know, oh, yeah. different colors of the same thing. Those, those type of places that have the money to oh, have yeah. the inventory. Oh yeah. You make a lot of money there. If you're good at it. I used to just listen to certain songs like from lonely Island boys and stuff like that. And yeah. get myself up, put myself in a good mood. I, I was actually thinking so. about you the other day. I wanted to send you, I didn't know if it was, <laughs> I didn't know if he's like, Oh man, he's probably going to think I'm gay or something, <laughs> but it was, uh, uh, shine down state of my head. Oh yeah. And I, I, like I, I heard that song and I'm like, man, this is getting me fucking pumped yeah. up, you know? I love and I was down. like, Hey, give let's give Dan a little bit of motivation and send this to him. Then I was like, No, I think I'm gay. No, it's all good. <laughs> I listen to Shine Down. I listen to Seether. 
Um, I'm a big rock fan too. Oh yeah, I really like the band Pop Evil. They're one of my favorites. I, I like Pop Evil. They so. they did a song. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it made me think of my mom. Uh, what was the name of that song? Torn to pieces. Torn to pieces. Yeah. That's it. I just heard that the other day. It's actually on my YouTube playlist. So a lot yeah. of that is uh, torn to pieces. Uh, footsteps. Uh, footsteps is pretty motivational. That's, oh yeah, uh, that's one of my favorites uh, that they got. Uh, which is you know all my nose turned into yes. Uh, right. That's the negative to a positive you know what i mean so hey, i i've got a pretty good story <laughs> so, on turning nose into yes is um i i used to be a big old fat guy there you I, go. I was 500 pounds well five 520 at my heaviest Dang. and uh we recently had uh weight loss surgery mm-hmm. um i was so freaking big that i couldn't get up and move around and so i just felt like i was sitting around waiting to die wow and so we went and had weight loss surgery i've lost 300 pounds man that's good and i'm proud of you thank you and and it wasn't easy, yeah. but oh, it uh, isn't, man. It's a the, dedication. The, the the surgery gave me the initial push that I needed yeah. because I was almost dead, man. Yeah, I was yellow, real jaundiced, and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it made me made me really think about pushing and motivating and turning nose into yes. Yeah. And my sister called me up. That's why and you're on this podcast, right? That's right. So, Turning a no into a yes. There you go. My sister called me up and, and just out of the blue, mm-hmm. um, hey, what are you doing next month? Or yeah. two, uh, was it like two weeks from now? What are you doing two weeks from now? Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Why? <laughs> okay. And she's like, I got to go to Maine to deliver a duck. And before she could get the word dog out of her mouth, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to Maine. And I didn't have anything going on, you know, and I didn't, she works a full-time job, so I couldn't, I I didn't even ask her. It was one of those things, well, I've never been to Maine. I guess I'm going to Maine Mm -hmm. because it was was, uh, at the height of the COVID restrictions where everything was still closed down, but they were getting ready to open up. Mm -hmm. But I had been shut into this house for like a year with the kids, didn't have any time off or anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wouldn't ordinarily do things like that. I wouldn't ordinarily say yes to going anywhere during the playoffs because my, my chiefs play and I don't ever miss a game. And so that was one of the things that they were thinking I would, a reason why I would say no. And Mm -hmm. then another reason was because I'd have to fly to them and I'd never flown before. And I'm always broke and this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. And so I said, yeah, I'm in. And that was so much fun. And from that experience saying yes, when I want to say no, Mm -hmm. it, it turned a negative and put it into a positive. I was having a horrible time. And then when I got back, my family missed me. Mm -hmm. Everybody was nice to me again. You know, my kids didn't terrorize me. It was (laughs) frigging great. And so I do that a lot more often. And the first Thursday I came down to see you, yeah, I didn't want to go. Yeah. And the reason why is because I was dog ass tired. Yeah. It didn't have anything to do with actually working. Yeah. Um, just burnout. I don't really that the weather, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of crappy stuff is going on in life nowadays. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really feel like going. But I was like man, I got to go because Mm -hmm. I've, number one, I already told my buddy I'd go. Mm -hmm. And number two, this can mean a lot for the business. This can mean a lot for the podcast. So I'm going to go. And when I got down there, I immediately felt better. I was with you and, and 
uh, Adam and uh, and yeah. all the guys. I, I thought I was I, I was around friends. Yeah, you all made me feel very comfortable. Yeah, and at the end of the night, I come home. My wife was already in bed, and so I kind of hung out with myself for an hour or so to kind of wind down. I got to thinking, man, I'm really glad I went. Yeah, you know. And we're glad uh, you can. So <laughs> this, the following Thursday, when I brought my wife down, mm-hmm. I did want to go. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, this is going to be great. Oh yeah. And it was a great fun. time. So. And so now we're here today yeah. and we're talking about how many people we can get going down there Thursday to go yeah. see you guys again. And now we're, you're doing that every month, the first three Thursdays of every yeah. month. And then the last Thursdays at the rendezvous. Okay. So yeah. the last Thursday of every month at the rendezvous. So we in do Saint four Joe. Thursdays a month, three at unplugged the first okay. three, and then we do uh, rendezvous the last Thursday. Okay, so. and I'm going to need, especially the people that watch every week, mm-hmm. I'm going to need you guys to come down here and support Dan because I'm going to go. I, I'm not I'm not sure if I'll make it down this Thursday or not. I think I will right. because I'm going to try to bring some more people down. Perfect. But um, I, I'm also going to try to make it down to the rendezvous because mm-hmm. I don't even think I've ever been to the rendezvous. Well, they moved locations. I'll have to get the new address. Okay. Uh, they moved around the corner somewhere. I can't exactly remember the na- the actual address of it, Right. but I'll get it because, um, like I said, I'm, I'm friends with Keith. And he's good people. Him and okay. his wife are amazing people. And then, um, I, of course, we'll link all course, that Keith on the gave socials me my start and stuff. There, so he, he was the first show ever, um, which, you know, I want to touch base on that if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the rendezvous, uh, I always call it home. Yeah. Um, because of that, uh, I wanted to go last night, but again, I, I got off work, uh, you know, my, my full-time job again, I don't want to bring that up either. Cause I don't Absolutely. want them to be like, Oh, you can't say this. You can't say that. Right. You know, but, uh, I, I, I was going to go down there last night. They had a free, a free show with band and stuff like that for their last night at that location that they're at, which it's going to have some, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Monday's child played there. Yeah. They're a good band. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so the, uh, the bass player mm-hmm. is Ashley's cousin. Oh, nice. Nice. I see. I wish I would have went. I was just so out of it. Uh, I got off work, you know, and, uh, migraine was kicking in. So I went home and I took my medicine and I just kind of went to sleep. So I, I, I feel bad. I didn't make it to their last night there since I, like I said, I started my shows there. I'm the one that right. started doing everything, recruiting all the comedians and, and things. Uh, Brady kind of came on board. Uh, him and him and Adam both came on board at Unplugged, right? But I, I've made some good friends in those guys too. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, now we're kind of like a, a trio group going around, and uh, and and we're we're looking to add. You and know? you guys feed off of each other really oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's just kind of it's it. I think it just came naturally. Uh, you know, Brady being. Brady being ex-military and, yeah. and and stuff like that. So him and I kind of have that. So common. you so you are ex-law enforcement. Brady's ex-military, and Adam's a criminal. And Adam's a stoner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, not really stoner. But so, he's that kid is he's great. He man. is. He's, he's amazing. He's got a really sunny disposition, mm-hmm. and he's got some dark jokes for having all them big smiles. You mm-hmm. know. So I, I thought that guy was hilarious. Brady's Brady's funny as you know, especially yeah. that the first night that I came to see you guys, his grandma yeah. was in the audience yeah. and his grandma was filming, which Travel Mary, yeah. She <laughs> she was a good sport about yeah. the whole thing. And yeah. uh, I was like, Man, he's got dick jokes for days yeah. and his grandma's sitting right there. She's laughing and clapping. I was like, That's his, awesome. His grandma's like having Betty White as a grandma, you know what I mean? That That's awesome. Crazy. Like I saw her in the crowd, and I was like, and I started hearing all these jokes he was saying. I'm like, man, he's saying all that in front of his grandma. Like, 
that's cool. But you know, we're going to run with it. <laughs> yeah. So, so and our mutual friend that came up on stage, we we're mentioning, uh, Brady was telling us that he got ribbed by his grandma. I know that joke. Yeah. And so if I was a comedian, that is more likely what I would probably do. Mm-hmm. I'd have to start with my show with something like, guys, I stole all these jokes. Yeah. I don't know where they came from. They're uh, not mine. They're not original, but I'm just repeating them to you because I thought they were funny. This is going to be a, a, a Cat Williams and Shay Shay contest. <laughs> uh, no, that, <laughs> so. that whole freaking deal. Wow. So, Monique was on there last week. And she, she confirmed it too. She, yes, she did. She crazy. confirmed a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found I found some of her stuff to be a little petty yeah. because uh, one, one of the shows that she was talking about was D.L. Hughley's show. Mm-hmm. And he came out and said, what she's talking about mm-hmm. is one of the things that we did with every guest. We didn't sing Monique out. Mm-hmm. She asked for it to be removed mm-hmm. and we did that, but I am not apologizing. Yeah. And since like, I, I get it, you know, and mm-hmm. she, they still have a great relationship. So yeah. she didn't say anything about, she's like, I still got love for DL, you yeah. know? So it, it wasn't anything like, uh, Cat didn't even say anything about DL. He was talking about, Oh yeah. He and, said and DL was like one of the best. Yeah. So because DL is kind of, and he's actually pretty clean too when it comes yeah. to his jokes. He's not, he's not as vulgar as a lot of the ones out there. Like, you know, like you mentioned about us being, some of us can be a little bit darker, uh, right. you know, of course, past history and some of the stuff we've seen and right. and things of that nature. You kind of, you kind of develop some dark humor. Um, right. Because I wasn't just law enforcement. I did corrections and stuff too. But, yeah. Um, but over the years, I think a lot of comedians though will take some stuff from other comedians and make it their own. Right. Which... And for instance, that joke that Kat's talking about, the the theft joke where he's talking about he's driving the car yeah. and, and stuff like that, and Cedric doing that joke too. Mm-hmm. You know, I I remember seeing both of those right. jokes, and and I believe Kat was the first one to do it. Um, I, I don't think I, I love Kat. I don't think I'm I'm against him on this right. at all by any means. But at the same time is that every joke is going to have somebody filter it out somewhere along the lines and use right. it. Uh, I try I to be original like, and mix it up on everything. Like, what I didn't like about that whole thing was uh, he's coming out against his own. Yeah. Whether they're part of the problem or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, uh, Dave Chappelle said something about, yeah. you know, he came out and said something about other comedians and other people of color Mm -hmm. and that was just wrong for him to do and i Mm -hmm. don't think it was maybe wrong because cat williams was telling his truth yeah but i i think that he could have gone more in depth about it's not the comedians it's the ones who are pulling the strings that he needs to tell the truth about Mm -hmm. the harvey weinsteins the you know the big production people that oh yeah and uh, like like he was talking about uh kevin hart and i turned down 50 million dollars three times Mm -hmm. cat williams wasn't talking about actually turning down 50 million Mm dollars what he was talking about is not sucking a dick yeah that's exactly what he was talking about and he's like that's that's why i didn't get that part because i refused to do that stuff exactly and and i know they asked me so what'd you do yeah you know and so i think he should tell more of that yeah not not be so vague on how he's saying it right and (laughs) and and less about his brothers and sisters in, in comedy or in mm-hmm. show business, yeah. let's not call them out for playing the game. That's exactly mm-hmm. what they were doing. Yeah. If they want to make it 
anywhere. Maybe they gotta they gotta play the game a little yeah. bit. And Cat Williams is doing just fine financially. Oh yeah, yeah. And he he pays he and that's the thing too. I even you know I put that on my Facebook post. You know I, I would love to tour with Cat and you know be on his his tour and stuff. Absolutely. And, you know and I, and I'm going. You know you talk about going places for the first time. The first time I'm ever gonna be in Tampa or Orlando, Florida, is gonna be in August. Really? And it's to do a show. Yeah. Like I've never been to either one. And that's going to be my first time there. How long are you going to be down? Uh, I, I do a show August 23rd in Tampa. Okay. And then we go up to Orlando the next night and do a show uh, up there on the 24th of August. So I'll be up there. I'll probably be out down there for about uh, probably three or four days. You fly them? I'm not sure yet because I'm going to try to make a, I'm going to try to make a, a stop in because I got a daughter in Pensacola area. So I'm going to try okay. to see if I can maybe make my way over that way and see her because I don't get to see her, you know, as often being right. that far away. So it's a, it, it'd be kind of a nice little surprise to, to visit her while I'm out that way too. Right. Um, she's highly intelligent, funny as hell. Absolutely. Um, I don't know where she gets it from. but <laughs> <laughs> Her mama. It's got to be her mom. Yeah. Her, no, her mom's cool too. We, we get along pretty well too. So, um, but she she says stuff that you know a normal five six year old kid should not be saying as far as that uh, she told me a story the other day her mom did about i don't remember what it was it's something to do with the dog and popcorn and she said something about coercing the dog my my child said this <laughs> and I'm like you're you should be saying those words you're like how old are you she's gonna grow up to be a lawyer <laughs> i hope so it'd be great uh, i'll tell you what i've got to take a break for a moment because i gotta pee I don't know how long, how far are we in? Can you see that? So we're an hour and 12 minutes. We might split this up into two shows, depending Mm -hmm. on how far, how much longer it goes uh, after I get back. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll take a break for right now. We'll, we'll be back and.